Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts prepare a way for you, O God. Amen. Come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel. One of the most well-known and beloved Advent or Christian songs, Christmas songs, begins with a cry for freedom from captivity. The ransom of those who are imprisoned. It's kind of a weird thing to sing this time of year. You can't exactly say, you know, prison, prisoner sale, 30% off. I thought that that was funnier than maybe you did. Uh, all prisoners, 30% off. Maybe it's because most of us have never experienced anything remotely like prison of any kind. I say most because I know that this gathering of the body of Christ consists of both clean records and ex-cons like any good church should. Some of us probably get what it means right off the bat, but for most of us, the idea of imprisonment is so far away from what most of us experience that the idea doesn't mean much to us at all. Being held, held captive may not strike a huge chord with us, but the Bible is filled with stories of imprisonment. Both of our scriptures this morning are prison stories. The first from the book of Isaiah chapter 35 is all about exile in a foreign land. Isaiah's people are held captive with little hope of escape or return. His country was surrounded by enemies on all sides. Many were killed and many more were captured. And many were dragged off in chains, away from their homes, their communities, and even their families. And they were taken to the homeland of the world's leading superpower and put to work serving their new masters. And what's worse is that many, including Isaiah, saw this as God's punishment on his people. They had become so spiritually blinded, so deaf to their situation, that the people brought this destruction on themselves. They become so closed up in themselves, so self-deceiving and self-destructive, that their spiritual exile resulted in a physical one. So in our text, they long for a day where they can no longer have to work under foreign dominance, where they can leave their homes and walk down their streets without suspicion or surveillance. They long to go home. They long to go home. But guards stand at the doors, and there's a huge impenetrable desert that stands between the land they call home and the land of their captivity because they're prisoners. There's no way home and no way out. Now, to be honest, I'm not quite sure what, it, what to make of the part about God punishing Israel with destruction and exile. It seems to me like God's business seems to be homecoming first rather than exile. But regardless, 
of if it's their fault or not, Isaiah's people are exiles. They're held captive. There's no way out and no way home. So this is where that cry, come, O come, Emmanuel, ransom captive Israel, comes from. It's made by people who long for release. And while this text was originally all about a particular historical situation, something way back in the past, this sense of imprisonment has gradually evolved through the New Testament and the longer Christian tradition. That this sense of being held captive goes beyond literal captivity. But being held captive describes what it can be like to be human. That there are forces, relationships, patterns of behavior in our lives, in our world, that exert such a powerful sway over us that it's like being imprisoned by them. Some captivities are more obvious, ones that were usually easy to point out. On occasion, I offer help, support, and guidance for people who are moving through a 12-step recovery program for alcohol or drugs. And people, if people are new to recovery or are just trying to get on their feet, nine out of 10 will describe life before sobriety as a prison of some kind or being held captive in some way. That there's a chain around their neck that dictates the movement of their life. They can still get around, but it's hard to get around and have any semblance of a real life. There are plenty of other captivities. There's sex, there's porn, there's gambling, and of course there's, uh-oh, shopping. The one that stands front and center this time of year, buying, purchasing, one of our culture's most widely spread and officially sanctioned addicting enslavements. One that lands us in a cell not built out of cinder block, but built out of squandered opportunities to do good, strained and broken marriages and families, and often soul-crushing, life-crippling debt. But then there are sentences that we have become so accustomed to that we don't even know we're imprisoned by them simply by being born into our world. Think about the endless cycles of human conflict, war, and violence. I don't know about you, but I heard that the fall of the Berlin Wall would usher in an era of global peace forever and ever and ever. Think about the millions of people who are trapped in cycles of poverty and crime around the world. Think about our indigenous brothers and sisters right here in Canada who continue to be held in chains by events that took place long ago. Think about the fact that our lives, economy, and jobs have become so dependent on the very fossil fuels that seem to be harming God's creatures and causing irreparable harm to God's creation, yet there doesn't seem to be any way out. Think about it. Just think about it. Think about the enslavements of our world. Think about it and you'll spot yourself through the bars in the prison window. 
somewhere. Think about it, and you'll know what that old hymn means when it says, Come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel, because we are all prisoners of one kind or another. Whether it's prisoners of our own brokenness, or prisoners of the world's brokenness, probably somewhere in between. Captive, with no obvious way out and no obvious way home. No way out and no way home. This doesn't sound very Christmassy, does it? Ah, everybody goes home for Christmas, except for captives. Even so, I mean, there's something about the scriptures is that they aren't an easy optimism. They aren't a good injection in the arm to make us feel good and then go on with the world the way that it is. It's not a stiff glass of eggnog that we're offered by the way of Jesus Christ. It's a hope that comes through hardship. It's not an easy hope. It's not an easy hope. And Isaiah issues a promise that is not given with ease. Isaiah issues a promise that is given out of a sense of hardship and pain. And even then, Isaiah issues a divine promise of freedom for captives. Strengthen the weak hands, he said, and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who are fearful of heart, be strong. Do not fear. Here is your God. He will come and save you. Even though his people are hopeless, even though his people live in captivity, even though the prison is of their own making, Isaiah delivers a divine promise. And it's the promise of God's own presence among the people. And when God shows up, Isaiah says, The eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. The lame shall leap for joy like a deer, and the tongue of the speechless sing for joy. Then he even imagines that the desert that blocks their way home will bloom with vegetation and life, and God will lead them on a heavenly highway through that desert all the way back home. Isaiah tells his people to be strong, to keep up hope, because God is coming. And one day their captivity will cease, and God will lead them home. One day. One day. Freedom, one day. But you'll notice that there's a little bit of a twist to this freedom in one day idea in our scripture from Matthew. John the Baptist, if you remember from last week, is himself in prison. And he sends word to Jesus asking, are you the Messiah, the one to come? Are you the real deal? Jesus responds not just with his own words, 
but the same words from Isaiah with the difference. Maybe you can spot the difference. Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight. The lame walk. The leopards are cleansed. The deaf hear. The dead are raised. And the poor have good news brought to them. The difference is that with Isaiah's promise is that one day the blind will receive their sight, the deaf will hear, the poor will have good news brought to them sometime in the future. But Jesus says that God's saving presence is already here. Go tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lembers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have good news brought to them. Jesus says that God's saving presence is already here. The jailbreak has already begun. In Christ, God comes to us as a fellow prisoner to secure our release from the inside. Let me phrase this differently. God comes to us as we are, where we are. In all of our prisons, whether they are prisons of addiction or prisons of selfishness and greed, prisons of hard-heartedness and pain, prisons of lives wasted and squandered, prisons of social and economic injustice, God comes as a fellow prisoner as we are, where we are. God comes as a fellow prisoner to bear our burdens and to mend what needs mending, to put an end to our violence, to open our eyes, to soften and melt our hearts, and to heal our pains. Now, just when we thought we were captive with no way out, God makes her way into our lives for good. There is a way out. Freedom is not only possible one day, but it's possible today for those who, like us, somehow find ourselves in the company of Jesus. This is the good news of Christmas. It's not Merry Christmas or Happy Holidays or I need a new messenger bag in case anybody's wondering. <laughs> the good news of Christmas, the coming of Christ, of God in the flesh, is that God comes to us, to me, to you, in all of our captivities. Here and now, where we are, God comes to us in our grief, our brokenness, and our pain here and now where we are. God comes to us in the darkness and hopelessness in our world here and now where we are. And the jail cell door has been flung wide 
open and we can see life beyond all the barbed wire fences that hold us in. God has become, begun one mighty jailbreak. Maybe you know the ACDC song? I don't know. One that sets us free from the chains that bind us in our world, and we can experience the freedom we were made for right here and right now. And we can be set on a path, a holy highway, one that will bring us to our home and our home that is in God. Our home that is in God for good and forever. So, pay attention to the last hymn, friends. Pay attention to the last hymn and hark the glad sound. The Savior comes. The Savior promised long, let every heart prepare a throne and every voice a song. He comes the prisoners to release and Satan's bondage held. The gates of brass before him burst, the iron fetters yield. He comes the broken heart to bind, the bleeding soul to cure. And with the treasures of his grace, to bless the humble poor. Strengthen your weak hands, make firm your feeble knees, be strong and do not fear. Sing a song for joy, for here is your God. Go and tell the world that Christmas, our salvation has come near. Amen.